welcome to a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Today we will be going into the Salt and Light archive closet and pulling out some of our favorite conversations from the winter of 2018. We begin by speaking with Father Mike Schmitz about his book, Made for Love, about welcoming and loving people with same-gender attractions. You don't want to miss that conversation. And then we speak with Sarah Hart, who makes us think about the sacraments in a way that we hadn't before and tells us about her new album, Sacrament. In our second half hour, we speak with filmmaker Megan Harrington, who tells us about her new documentary, The Dating Project, and we end the program by meeting singer-songwriter John Finch. We begin now with Father Mike Schmitz. There's so much talk nowadays, it seems, about the church and same-sex attractions, and there's so much confusion about what the church teaches, what's the teaching on same-sex marriage, for example. Well, Father Mike Schmitz has a new book, Made for Love, that addresses these questions, but from a, from a whole different perspective. What is love? What is the nature of human beings? What is the nature of sexuality and marriage? To learn a bit more, I'm very happy to have Father Mike Schmitz on the program with us today. Father Mike, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thanks for attending, Pedro. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, I, I don't know if if it's ever the right time or if it's always the right time, but why is this? Do you think the right time for this book? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I, I had um, I actually years ago. Well, no, I mean I, you can, I can go back even even further to like why um, I. Uh, wrote this, why I've been thinking about this, is I remember growing up, um, maybe in high school, I know yeah. for sure in college, having that sense of like, man, I think that there are some people in my life who this touches their life. I mean, that they mm-hmm. experience same-sex attraction. And I remember thinking, I don't know what to say. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have, I, I don't know how to explain what the church teaches. Yeah. And I don't really know um, how to, like, interiorize this. I don't know how to, you know, uh, express this. And so that was always kind of this burning passion of, of mine, just to kind of think that sense of people that I care about, mm-hmm. what would I even say? And then when I got ordained, you know, years later after that, I got ordained, and, and I started working in youth ministry and started working in campus ministry. And, and one of the things, the, one of the consistent things that I found was we had these youth who had encountered Jesus, and they, like, knew the truth of Christ, they knew the truth of the Church. It was just this, like, really powerful conversion. But then it seemed like when they hit this issue, um, whether it was their personal issue uh, they, they themselves experienced same-sex attraction, or if it was, you know, uh, just a cultural issue, or if it was a friend of theirs, mm-hmm. it almost like that that was the moment. That was the, you know, pull the shoot, right. and like, I'm out. And yeah. I just, yeah. so many of our, like, incredible youth who otherwise had a ton of faith. Yeah. So then I was like, man, I, I, we have to say something, we have to do something about this. And so that led me to give a talk at a thing called Lifeline uh, Net Ministries, mm-hmm. yeah. National Evangelization Team, yeah, yes. both in America, in the United States, and Canada, yeah. and Australia, and yes, Ireland. And, um, yes. they, they, uh, they have a thing called Lifeline where they have about, I don't know, 1,500, 2,000 high school students that come to an event on Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. And the organizer, Joe Rouché, he said, hey, what do you want to talk about this one particular year? And I said, man, I, it's this. This is what I, what I found. And so... That talk was made into a, like a CD by right. like Catholic Media, and then they followed up and said uh, with Ignatius Press, would you write a book about this mm-hmm. talk? And I said no a couple times because <laughs> I don't know how to write a book. <laughs> and, um, and they said, no, it's really easy. 
flyers. And uh, <laughs> so that, you know, set me up a couple of years of just like really digging even more deeply into this. Right. And because I, because I think this is probably the top, one of the top four uh, issues uh, that, that young people identify as this is yeah. why I had to leave the church. Yeah. Yeah. When, I, and they yeah. don't. And that's things. And yes. they don't. Yes. And I appreciate that you say that because that is exactly my own experience. That we're all touched by, you know, by someone who, or we all know someone who's touched by this, and we don't know how to speak to them with love and charity, but with truth. And so, so I would say then that my next question would be that that the fact that you wanted to be able to have those conversations by sharing the truth, but with love, and and that that's what forced you to take this approach rather than a yeah, more really. dogmatic approach. It really has. I mean, because I think that, um, and you said you you had read the book earlier before the we we started recording, and yeah. I and I, so I appreciate that. But uh, but I would say that you probably noticed that it is um, hopefully noticed that my attitude or my approach is less of this is an issue to talk about, yeah. and more of like no, no, this is real people's lives. Yes, um, and yes. I think that sometimes uh, that at least the men and women I I speak with who do experience same sex attraction. There's this kind of uh, that kind of sense of like I'm tired of people treating this like it's a topic or an issue. Like this is my life, mm-hmm. and for me, it has always been that. It's always been um, people that I know, uh, people that are right. in my life, people that I love, and um, and so that's that's why. But at the same time, I we we have this thing called truth. We have this you know reality, and so it's how do we uh, bring the people we love and the truth that we're made for. Together and uh, and so that's why I think yeah. one of the one of the reasons why, hopefully in the book at least preserves, um, it doesn't ever become like super antagonistic or it doesn't become uh, condemn condemning. N- yeah. But it hopefully also is like a calling higher because um, yeah, I just it's the title says that that that, mm-hmm. that every human being is made for love and um, not just love human love, but yes. also for the, the, the love, ultimate love of God. And not just that sexual love, yeah, that yeah. we all oh, feel yeah. like I'm entitled to be loved a certain way or to marriage, whatever that means. So, and, and you, I think you're, you're, you're very right that this book feels like it's a loving approach, the kind of right. approach that I want to have with, you know, my nephew or whoever, when he comes and tells me, I think I'm not interested in girls or whatever. And right. then how do I have that conversation so that he doesn't feel like... Like he's disordered because right. because the church uses words like that. Um, how maybe that this is a good place to end then because uh, I do want people to get the book made for love. Um, how how can we our listeners uh, speak to those we love who deal with uh, or struggle with same gender attractions or or who have loved ones who do like what would be the right approach? Yeah, no, I, I think. The, the, one of the first steps that um, I really like, and it seems like it's one of the more respectful, it's, I think it's, the, well, here's what I say, is that uh, the Church's teaching, when it comes to sexuality, is for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and, and at the same time, every single one of us uh, in the Church, outside the Church, we all experience a wound. Um, we don't all experience the exact same wound. But every one of us experiences a wound when it comes to our sexuality, when it comes to our attraction, and when it comes to our experiences. And so when, when we look at it from that lens, we realize, oh my gosh, this isn't about them and then about us. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's not like well those people here's how you talk to those people out there who you know fill in the blank. If this is like no no this is us this is um, we're all in this we all experience this uh, we experience in different directions and different degrees but at the same time like this is the human experience mm-hmm. and so I think when we drop the language of like you know those people or them and then us in, in favor of the language that says no no this is actually all about us. Um, that's that's a good first step because yeah. then I get to listen to someone and and they know that I'm I'm treating them as a brother or as a sister. Um, that's how I see them first, as a brother or a sister, as opposed to they're a project. Yes, a, you know, even worse, an enemy. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and just like no, this is uh, this is us, and so let's let's talk about this as the family. Mm-hmm. And I was and very important. Yeah. Thank you. I was very moved also by the fact that you say that, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, same gender attracted people or however they want to be called or however we want to call them um, belong in the church. But not only do they, be- sorry, that they are welcomed in the church, but but that's not it. It's not that they're yeah. welcome. They belong in the church. Um, yeah. And we need to somehow figure out a way, we, the church, need to figure out a way to, 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 to kind of bring that across. Yeah, and that's a big. There's a huge difference between saying like, you know, hey, you're welcome if you want. Yeah. Versus like, no, 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 we you need belong you. here. Yeah. <laughs> you're invited, but you're wanted here, and um, and that, and, and it, even that is so important because a lot of times people are experienced uh, is okay. Every one of us being invited into the church, like mm-hmm. really desired and wanted, and at the same time, every one of us as we're invited uh, to the Lord is invited to. Uh, belong to him and belong to the family. Um, we're all called to convert in some way, right? Yeah, we're all absolutely. called to say no to ourselves, and and ultimately we're all called to submit to the lordship of Jesus. And mm-hmm. that's like at the core of everything is going to be this, because every one of us has some kind of lord. And I mean by what I mean by that, yeah, we have something that defines everything else in our life. Yeah, and and when it comes to the Christian, that what we're called to do is say, okay, it's his lordship that then defines everything else in my life. So. Someone is, you know, uh, driven to make money, or someone is really, really all about a power, success. Um, you'd say, okay, now they can say that's the defining thing, and then my following Jesus gets defined by that. Yeah. And so, of course, Christ would want me to, you know, uh, be successful and be right. wealthy. Of course. Um, but as opposed to the opposite, which is, you know, Jesus defines me, and now He defines how I live my business, or He defines how I mm-hmm. pursue success, or what I do with my money. And right. the same thing is true when it comes to our sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, is that sense of like we're always we're all uh, called to some kind of conversion because we've submitted our lives to the Lordship of Jesus. Amen. That's a great place to end, and that's where we're going to leave it. Brother Mike, great talking to you. Thank you for writing great the book. Thank you, you for all the work that you do. I mean, um, you're you're a busy guy, so keep at it yeah. and uh, Thank you. stay in touch. Father Michael Schmitz is the director of the Newman Center at the University of Minnesota Duluth and director of the Youth and Young Adult Ministry for that diocese. Father Mike is known nationally for his inspiring podcast, his presentations and talks. Just look for the Father Mike Schmitz podcast. His latest book, Made for Love, is published by Ignatius Press. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Sarah Hart, with Healed in Christ from her new album, Sacrament. Healed 
That was Sarah Hart with Healed in Christ from her new album, Sacrament. Now, I probably don't have to say much about Sarah Hart, except 
If you don't know who she is, you really need to stay tuned and listen to this conversation and then go look her up. Sarah's been on this program probably more than any other Catholic artist. And they, that that's probably, well, not just because she's a good friend and I love her very much, but it's also because she is a busy, busy songwriter and she's releasing at least one album every year. Last I kept track. Um, she has just put out her 10th album, um, Sacrament. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by Sarah Hart. Sarah, welcome back to the program. Hello, my sweet friend. It's always so good to be on your show. I just love talking to you. It is, and I love talking to you because you're always so happy to be on my show. Um, did I count? <laughs> did, did I count right? It's it's the tenth album. And yep, this is number ten. Number I know 10. it's shocking. Yeah, it, it exactly. is, and it's been at least the last four. It's been one a year. I mean, it's it's crazy. You're crazy busy because yeah, you also yeah. are a wife, and you have two teenage daughters, and and I know that I you're an, an expert juggler. <laughs> I am an expert juggler, yes, and I'm on the road a lot. I know, so I know. It's a, just a busy, yeah, it's a busy life, but it's good, right? I mean, thanks be to God for work and such beautiful work. That's what I always say. Amen, amen. Why did you want to write about the sacraments? Well, it sort of happened by accident. It's interesting. Um, my oldest daughter, when she got confirmed, so this has been, oh, I guess four years ago that she mm-hmm. got confirmed. Um, she got confirmed, and we were just kind of looking at songs uh, for that there were for confirmation. And I was like, man, there's I nothing. Just don't really like any. Of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, there's just, there are either they're really super, you know, old, and some of the theology is yeah. a little yeah. out of date. Or they were just like poorly put together. And so I was like, okay, maybe I'll just write a song for my daughter for graduation. So I asked my guy at church and he said, please write something. And so I did. And I played it at my daughter's confirmation and it was beautiful and I loved it. And I'm like, no wonder how the church might respond to a whole album for the sacraments because it's not something, and maybe there has been and I just haven't seen it, but it's not something that I noticed that anybody's recently come out with just a collection, just for the sacraments. And right. So that's really as simply as it happened. Yeah, neat. Um, I, I, I actually, it's interesting because you think that when I saw the title, I would have known, oh, these are songs that can be used, but it didn't dawn on me until about the third time I'd heard <laughs> all the songs, and I thought, hey, this song actually would be good to sing at a confirmation. Um, so, that's awesome. <laughs> but clearly I'm not, I'm not very bright because I also... Uh, so I want to ask you, so the, the confirmation song, because I don't know mm-hmm. which one it is. I mean, Gathered at the Water, it's about baptism. I get Absolutely. that. The, the Healed in Christ is anointing. Mm-hmm. Beloved Arise is marriage. I got that one. Yes. But yes. like the other three, oh no, Mercy on Me is confession. I got that. So, yeah, so but, you're four for seven. Look there at you go. But see, the other three, I it could be confirmation, it could be ordination. So, so I thought maybe we need to just focus on on each one here because, like, how do you? I mean, it's not like the whole theology of baptism is in in the song, gather right. at the water. How did you right. decide? How did you decide what aspect to focus on? Let's start with confirmation because because sure. you you know you're so you're thinking about your daughter. Mm-hmm. How did you? What did you want to? Say, how did you figure out what you wanted to say with that song, that is very specifically for this kid and all her yeah. classmates, I guess, that are being confirmed. Well, you know, it was actually a vision that I had in my head about 
Um, I don't know about you, but when both of my kids had their first communion, I bawled like a baby. Like, I just could not stop crying. <laughs> and still, to this day, if they're walking in front of the, me to the communion line, really? I get teary-eyed. It's so bizarre. Yeah, like every time. It's okay. so weird. Yeah, weird. But <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I had this image in my head of, you know, all these all these young people walking in, you know, processing in and then processing out as well. And I just was kind of thinking, you know, that's the prayer of my heart, that my daughter would walk every single day of her life with God, that that right. she would always feel the presence and spirit of the Lord with her. So not just on this day when you receive that gift, but like every day, mm-hmm. and that she would always have the courage and the confidence to stand in God's love and in God's light. And, and so those words to the chorus kind of came as a prayer from a mom's heart, just you know, so, may you yeah. walk ever in the Lord. So may you that's just, walk. That's just yeah. the prayer of my heart. Yeah, that that my daughter, my daughters would always walk with God. And then the verses, I really, for all of the sacrament songs, I really tried to go to the right because you know, writing songs for the sacraments isn't something you want to goof up. No, no, exactly. I kind of want to make. I kind of want to make sure that you're really in good theological standing with the lyrics. But mm-hmm. that being said, I love that you didn't really know until the third listen through because. That was kind of my hope, is that people could just pop this in and listen to it and enjoy it, um, as well as it being songs that music ministers can do at their parish. Yeah, so, no, exactly. For any of, for any occasion. Yeah, you're right, because May You Walk could be used for, Yeah. I don't know, even even uh, First Communion. Um, Absolutely. So, so, I've been using it as a song of blessing at the end of my concert. Yeah, that's right. I've everybody stand up right. and hold hands and... That's it right. For one another, so, or or yeah. even or even you could probably even use it as a sending forth, um, yeah. At the yeah. end of mass, so so okay. So and I had thought that may you walk was the confirmation one, but the Eucharist yeah. one is the really <laughs> that's still out there. So I'm going to say that to live with him forever is the Eucharist one. Ding ding ding! You are correct. It is okay. So why yeah. why what's the connection? Well, you know it's interesting. I had written that song previously, and that's a song I wrote with my good friend Robert Fiducia several years uh-huh, ago. Okay. And I had this spot on the record, and I hadn't really written anything for it, and I was looking at To Live With Him Forever, which was kind of a one-off song that we did on the Commons, which is sort of yes. a single release thing that we do at OCP. Yeah. And I'm looking at the lyric, and I'm thinking, man, to live with him forever. How powerful of an image is it that we look at our second graders and we give them the body of Christ, knowing that the goal is to live forever with Christ. Because hmm. it's not something I think we think about with our little people. No. You know what I mean? We're just thinking about, okay, let's get you a dress and get you processed in and let's get, get some nice pictures, you know? <laughs> but for me, it was like, oh, that image of giving my having my second grader receive the body of Christ. Yeah. And then she is eternally like like entwined with with God with mm-hmm. Christ. it's such a powerful image so I thought it was perfect yeah it is that. actually because I've again it helped me understand the Eucharist in a way that I hadn't thought of it because mm-hmm. you're not thinking mm-hmm. of that kind of commitment when you're making your right. first communion right but there's a co- there, little kids yeah you know absolutely okay we have time for one more and it's going to be okay. the ordination one may you be oh. known right that's ordination Yes, okay. it actually is. And I want to be very honest about this. Um, Robert Fiducia helped me write that lyric. Okay, good. He's the only other co-writer on this whole record. Uh-huh. He wrote two of the songs with me. And I I struggle with that one because I'm a girl, you know, so this has never been something that I really, I think, sunk my teeth into or even tried to sink my teeth into. 
So when I read through the rights, I was just kind of like, everything I was coming up with was so stagnant and so blasé. And so I reached out to Robert and I said, here's what I have so far. Hmm. What could you do? What could you write? And he came back with some really beautiful images of just, you know, the marking, the words of Mark Me Now and Always and um, breaking our mm. hearts to love like God. And I'm like, oh, that's what I need. So we wrote those lyrics together and I think did a beautiful job. And it's kind of nice. This this project has sort of given me insight to the sacraments that I'm not sure I really mm-hmm. had before. So much so that now I've started doing some of my day-long retreats about the sacraments, yeah. teaching about the sacraments of the Church. What a what great what a great idea for our listeners. There you go. You can have Sarah come to your parish or your event and do a retreat on the sacraments. Um, yes. This is so good. I know that you're busy, because uh, you always are, but you're mm-hmm. in the middle of a session right now, so I'm, I'm assuming that there's more stuff brewing. Do we have a new album coming up next year? Yes. Well, <laughs> keep your fingers crossed. I'm hoping to do a recording this summer, and um, if I can make everything happen, the ducks in a row, you know, the finances yeah. are a huge part yeah. of it. Um, if I can make all that happen, it's going to be, believe it or not, a secular recording. Oh, um, ten songs, uh, all that I've written for my family, my little, my, uh-huh. my little sweet family. And um, it's going to be just a gift to people who want to listen to music with their kids in the car that is safe and fun. Beautiful. And beautiful and enjoyable. Beautiful, yeah, that's beautiful, doing. beautiful. I will yep. keep my fingers crossed, but prayers also because we need good secular music as well. Absolutely. Things that people can listen to together as a family without Absolutely. worrying about content. Absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to leave it there, but it's so good. Again, I love the music, but it's also so it's good music to listen to, but it's also really useful. Uh, presumably yes. there's sheet music somewhere so people can 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 get that and and play it at mass or yes other. you can find it at ocp.org so OCP. Um, they have all the print for every song mm-hmm. okay good so that's oregon catholic press ocp.org thank you so much sarah so good to talk to you and uh thank you sure i we'll... miss you my friends i know to see each other soon i know, I, I, I know. was just up in your neck of the woods well i was in alberta no. which is yeah that's not that close <laughs> up in canada somewhere but it's probably right. nashville is probably closer than alberta probably true yeah well, oh my goodness there you go sarah hart great songwriter not great at geography <laughs> truth all right my dear <laughs> blessings uh, to have you have a great day my you friend too. thank you bye-bye bye you can learn more about sarah hart at her website sarahhart.com that's hart h-a-r-t sarahhart.com and that's also where you can purchase all her music and book her for your next event If you missed any part of this conversation, go to our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio to listen to the rest of it and also to listen to the whole program. Here now is Sarah Hart with Gather at the Water from her new album, Sacrament. We will gather at the water, gather at the water. We will gather at the water and receive you.
listening to Sarah Hart with her song Gather at the Water from her album Sacrament. This is a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can check out our website at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour, Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Did you know that 50% of people in the United States are single? And according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, fewer people are committing to marriage. It's common for all these young singles uh, that they find it hard to meet, to date, and marry today. In fact, dating has been replaced by the term, I guess you've heard of it, hooking up and hanging out you know, making uh, what we would have called in the old days courtship or dating obsolete. This is the focus of a new documentary, The Dating Project, produced by Paulus Productions, Empower Pictures, and Family Theater Productions. And to tell us more, we're now joined by the writer and producer of The Dating Project, Megan Harrington. Megan, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, it's a fascinating um, uh, topic. I love it because I'm old school. Um, we're not, I, I, you know, I'm not going to say that you're not because I don't know uh, where you fall in this. <laughs> but, you know, millennials, I, I don't know. My son is in that that uh, uh, population. But uh, before we start understanding a little bit more about the, the film, tell me about Carrie Cronin's class at Boston College because that's where it all begins, right? Well, actually, we we didn't have Carrie when we very first started okay. the pitch for the idea of the documentary. Okay. We did discover her fairly early on, but she really became the through line. And when we were at Boston College filming, uh-huh. to see her um, in the class, so around, around Valentine's Day, February, or, or maybe even March-ish, um, right. is this dating assignment she gives it in class. Her whole semester is not you know, solely dedicated to this, the topic of dating. She's a philosophy professor. She teaches uh, you know, all sorts of topics to her students. Um, okay, but so this one is one component of, of what she um, tries to help her students navigate, which is relationships. And she does that in such a, a wonderful way. Interesting. As a full person, so she's. I need to be able to address that. So just to clarify, so she is not at the dating class, um, but 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 she does give a dating assignment to her students that they have to go and date somebody. (laughs) Yes. So what she does is called the dating assignment. Uh She she gives the students the instructions in class, which was really funny because she says, you know, dates when it's two people and everybody's writing things down. You have to ask in person. Right. 90 minutes or less, no drugs and alcohol, uh, have three questions, $10 or less, you ask. Oh, you say. love it. She kind of breaks it down, and what's really nice about that is they have some structure. They have a way to approach dating. They don't have to worry about some of the things that are often associated with a date, which may be, okay, well, what happens at the end of this, or what right. do I do, or what do I say? So, she provides them with a script. So had she found that the reason why she had to give this assignment or she wanted to give this assignment is because young people are not dating? That is what she found. About 
12, 13 years ago, she was talking to a group of seniors, and she said, okay, so, you know, is everybody going to be breaking up with their boyfriend or girlfriend, and you know, what's your plan after college? And a lot of them said, well, we haven't even dated anybody. Huh. And then she started hearing about the hookup culture, right. and she started to just put some, some math there and said, this isn't adding up. So right. she said, I'm going to encourage them to go on a date. See, I find this fascinating, but I'm not quite sure why uh, we would say that it's a problem. Why is it a problem that young people aren't dating? Well, I think the if, if there isn't, and I'd say also healthy dating, yeah, is, right. it's affecting marriage and family. There's uh-huh. an inability to commit. Um, there is this idea, too, sometimes with technology, which isn't bad per se, but this idea that something better is out there. There's right. so much choice that there's a sometimes an inability to make a decision because uh-huh. would something have been a little bit better? I think if we don't learn how to date again, if we don't kind of embrace, I hope, what Professor Cronin is trying to do at Boston and other universities, if we could embrace that as a society, um, I think it would result in much healthier relationships, a, a much more self-esteem, less loneliness. There's all sorts of things, I think, that could be a result of embracing this idea of what she calls, I guess, a traditional date. When, when you were making the documentary, I know you spoke to young people in making the documentary. Um, what what are some reasons young people are giving for not dating? There's the, I think there's the, the fear of rejection. Uh-huh. Um, it, it takes a lot of courage to, to put yourself out there. Yeah. And... You know that it's just easier to to hook up in some cases than it is to really put yourself out there in a real way. Uh-huh. Um, I think people want to date, though, oh, especially yeah. what we saw in call, uh, at Boston College. Yeah, the the difference in the way in which they felt after just asking someone. They hadn't, they hadn't this one kid hadn't even gone on a date. Uh-huh. He had actually just asked a girl. And the feeling and the way that he was literally glowing. Um, really? That it's, that it's better than any feeling you could have hooking up. Uh, it's, it's one of those things I think people are hungry for. You just don't want to feel like the odd man out. Right. What was one of the more surprising uh, things that you learned from making the documentary? That, that question does come up a lot. I think, um, you know, un- unfortunately, in the Christian world, I would like to say that we do this area in a better way, that we shine a light in this uh-huh. area of how we're supposed to treat each other in relationship, um, you know, what it means to be created in the image and likeness of God and how that, how we, how we treat others knowing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, and unfortunately, it's, uh, for the most part, what we experienced is not, not much different in, in the way the world does it. And the way that the Christian world does it, that right. was, and, and that and the oversexualization of of the culture uh, is really causing a lot of issues and problems and paralyzation of like, oh, I, I, I you know, the people doing things they they probably don't want to do, but hey, this is just how it goes. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, obviously, you want people to go watch the documentary, but why do you think it's important that people need to watch this documentary? You know, I, I and it, it, being involved with it, it, it's certainly going to sound biased, but I think people need to see this because we need to, as a as a society, as a as individuals, mm-hmm. we need to say, what do I really want in a relationship? 
Right. Uh, what have I been settling for? What have I been buying? What what goods have I been buying that, that really aren't turning out to be truth? I'm not happier. I'm more lonely. Um, I don't feel better. Uh, I, I want people to see it so that they can start a conversation about things that are important. Mm-hmm. And relationships are probably the most important thing that we could be discussing right now. Right. Um, Hmm. Yeah, and I guess what you said earlier too—that you know, if we date better, that means we have, I mean, courtship better and better marriages. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So the film is there's one screening. Sorry, one air, one date of screening, April seventeenth, uh, twenty eighteen, right. April seventeenth in the United States. Um. So people need to go and see it on that day. It's probably playing in a theater near you somewhere, right? That's right, April 17th, theaters nationwide, the U.S., yes. over 600 different theaters. Uh, it, you can find out more at www.thedatingprojectmovie.com, and uh-huh. you just enter your zip code or your city, and it'll uh, pop up where the closest theater is. It's a, it's a movie for every single person, and that's a play on words. Yes. But if you're in a, if you're in a relationship, you know, chances are you know someone who needs to see it. That's great. And I would say that even if you're not single, you should go see it anyway. Um, (laughs) Megan, thank you so much. I'm very excited about this documentary. Uh, Very passionate about the topic. Um, So the dating project, maybe the next one will be the marriage project. Absolutely. Well, you know what? There, there's there's things in the works. That's a good, oh, good. A great train of thought. <laughs> oh, excellent. So um, that's a good excuse to get you back on the program. Thank you very much, I Megan. I love that. Yes, that thank would be you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing, for making the film and for sharing uh, a little bit of, about it with us today. Oh, I appreciate being on the show. Megan Harrington is the writer and producer of The Dating Project, a new documentary that was made by Paulus Productions, Empower Pictures, and Family Theater Productions. Go to thedatingprojectmovie.com. Here now is our featured artist of the week, John Finch, with Walk by Faith from his debut album, Wildfire. There are days that I still long for purpose To see the plans that you have willed for me Sometimes I am walking through the valley I'm certain you are always right beside me Even when I can't see, I can't see And you have gone before me, before me
confidence My life is in your hands Even when I can't see, I can't see And you've gone before me, before me And I will walk by faith I will walk by faith John Finch with Walk by Faith from his debut album, Wildfire. John Finch was born and raised in a small town in Louisiana and discovered his love for worship and Christian unity at an early age. For the last five years, he has been leading worship all across the United States. But John Finch is also a dedicated songwriter and frequently collaborates with other artists. He has now released his debut album, that we've been listening to. It's titled Wildfire. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by John Finch. John, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Hey, Deacon Pedro. It's great to be here. Yes. So so what was it like growing up in Louisiana? Oh, man. Well, I mean, we get all the seasons in Louisiana, fortunately, <laughs> but we never know when we wake up if it's going to be hot or cold. So, right. Uh, yeah, but it, it's great. I've, I've you know born and raised in a small town, and it's 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 home. It'll always be home. Is it? Was it? Uh, I guess you grew up in a Catholic home. I did. Yeah, uh, my parents uh, brought us up in the faith, and uh, me and my three sisters. And uh, uh-huh. our, uh, our faith was very important to them from a very very early age. So right. uh, you know, we've always been involved in in church in different you know different ways. So. Right. Was it a uh, was it a musical household? Um, lots of yes, lots of lots of music in the family. Uh, my my grandparents actually to this day still uh, play music in church, and oh, great. Uh, um, my cousins are, are music teachers, and, and yeah, lots of music around. My 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 uh, immediate family, though, um, you know, all my sisters took piano lessons, mm-hmm. but I, I guess I'm the only one that stuck with it, which is which is cool. Everyone has their thing. <laughs> okay, good. So you're a piano player. Yes. Yeah, that's great. And when did you start writing music? Uh, just about six years ago, um, really right out of, of, of high school, honestly, uh, I, yeah. I felt uh, a call to just kind of to share what God has put on my heart. And it, it, it was really the, the way I like to, uh, or I felt that I could connect with God in, in a way that I could just kind of have conversation with God and kind of put down um, on paper what what he was what he was revealing to me and mm-hmm. and what he was doing in my own life, you know? Right. I was intrigued on your website. You you talk about, actually, I think I, I quoted that, that you, you found a love for Christian unity. Why specifically Christian unity? Well, being, you know, born and raised Catholic, um, I, I just have a, a love um, of, of unity and a love where, you know, just a love for worship and, and leading um, different people, uh, different faiths, different denominations, people of all different uh, walks of life and, and, and different stories. Just I love when we can just come together 
Um, and whether it be for one night or for a weekend and, or just a moment, we can come together, we can pray together, yeah. we can worship together. Because, I, I mean, I think the Church is all all about unity. At least it should be. You know? Absolutely. If we're, yeah. if we're walking with Christ, you know, I think unity um, it should be first and foremost, bringing, you know, bringing our brothers and sisters together um, you know, and, all, and, and walking together. Yeah, because I, I wondered, I mean, I don't think of Louisiana as the most Catholic region of the United States. So you must have had lots of contact with other Christians growing up. Yeah, well, surprisingly, it's a it's a pretty Catholic area. Oh, where, really? Where, where I grew up. Because um, yeah, of the French in influence, of, yeah. Archdiocese of New Orleans. Right, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's, it's pretty pretty Catholic down here, but, man, I honestly, I love getting to, to work with all, all different denominations. And yeah. I think there's a lot of beauty uh when we come together you know absolutely no you're right and uh we need to do more of that forget that right. we're all the body of christ <laughs> it's not the right. church it's not just the catholic church it's right. the christian church um tell me about the tell me about the album um why so you've been writing all these songs over a, i guess a period of time at some point you thought oh this should be an album how did that all come together <laughs> well i've been writing for a while so i it just felt like it this is something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, and God kind of just made it happen last minute. So this, you know, these songs have been bits and pieces over the last couple of years, and finally, since um, I was just about to put the album together, I finished up a, a couple of the songs, and uh, and and even as we were um, getting demos put together and, and beginning to go into the studio, there was even a couple more songs that we threw on there that weren't even finished yet. So. Um, you know, it was just a, a a great process. It took a couple months to put together, yeah. um, but honestly, I just felt like this was the best way that I could um, just share a little bit of how God is working in my life and and leading me by faith, um, and and, yeah. and just kind of walking with me in these seasons. And and I'm just like grateful for the opportunity to share these these songs because I know. You know, a lot of us are walking through similar seasons and similar situations, and, and we all have fears, and, and I just wanted to remind people and maybe give them a little bit of hope that no matter what we're walking through um, and what season we're in, that we have a God who's who's right by our side and that He is um, with us in every moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so the, the idea behind Wildfire, I had this, uh, this chorus going through my head, you know, it's burning, 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 and I was like, well, well, what's burning? Like, Lord, that's what, that's all you gave me. So what do I do with that? And uh, I uh, prayed with that a little bit and dove into Scripture. And Deuteronomy 4.24 says, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, uh. a jealous God. And he, he loves us so much. And, and I just feel like with all the negativity in the world, with all the things we hear in the media, we just need that reminder that God is a, a faithful God. He's a loving Father. And, and that same love that He shows for us, um, I think that love... Uh, is burning inside of each and every one of us, and we just have to, we just have to find it. We just have to, so you know, we have to walk with that fire, you know. And 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 everyone that we encounter, everyone that we come in contact with, you know, we have to show that fire, um, that fire of love that's first burning in our hearts. Yeah, no, that's a great. Uh, I'm always, I'm always intrigued at how a one song title, kinds of, encompasses what the whole album is about. Um, what, what, and I and I get the the beauty and the awesomeness of that title and what, what the song Wildfire is about. Would you say that the whole album kind of has that same message? Absolutely, absolutely. It's about the 
the powerful, uncontrollable, beautiful love yeah. of the Father. You know? Amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So, are you already working on the next album? What's What's new for you? Uh, <laughs> well, I've been I've been touring very, very heavily over these last couple of months, so I haven't had a ton of time to write. But yeah, um, but definitely writing bits and pieces here and there, and working with uh, other artists. Um, you know, uh, uh, also I'm a uh, collaborator on the Vigil Project, and so uh, uh, you know we're always getting together and and writing new music and uh you know there's lots lots of good things happening in the media right now lots, yeah. of, lots of good things and new things um in the church um and yeah we're excited that's for, good tell for, um i've heard of the vigil project but i'm sure most of our listeners haven't tell us a little bit about that oh sure sure yeah so the vigil project is um it's a collaboration of artists and filmmakers and musicians and Basically, we got together about three years ago uh, with the desire to share um, a, a new way of, of prayer, maybe, uh, through media. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so we released a video series for the Sacred Seasons of the Church year mm-hmm. um, for Lent and Easter and then Advent and Christmas. Um, and we released um, seven videos and seven songs um, just as an invitation to pray with us, uh, you know, in these seasons of the Church. Um, and, and we've just been so overwhelmed with the incredible response that we've we've seen from the church, mm-hmm. um, and and in just over a couple of weeks, you know, the, the videos were viewed in over a hundred countries. So yeah, it was so inc- so incredible um, to see how God is working through uh, these these videos and working through the media. Yeah, absolutely. Is there is there a website for the Vigil Project? Yeah, it's thevigilproject.com. Is it thevigilproject.com? Yeah, and that's where all the videos can be found and all the resources. That's great. So I'm sure uh, people can go check that out. It it is a wonderful initiative. Um, John, we're going to leave it there. It's been great meeting you. I I love the music, and I hope that there's more to come from you uh, because it's really good. So thanks for uh, sharing a little bit of what you do with us today. You bet. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. You can find out more about John Finch by his album Wildfire or book him for your next event at his website, johnfinchmusic.com. And again, The Vigil Project is thevigilproject.com as well. Here now is John Finch with that song that we were talking, talking about, the title track of his debut album, Wildfire.
listening to John Finch with Wildfire from his album of the same name. And that concludes this special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Remember to visit our website, saltandlighttv.org radio. Any comments, feedback, or questions, send them to me via Facebook or Twitter. Thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro. Like a wildfire in